podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. Hello and welcome to week three of the Foot Weekly podcast. It is a bit of a feisty one, actually. We're talking beating part the bus, pressing players holding the ball, how pros take advantage of the last minute, the 45th and the 90th, a japes rant on tutorials and reviews, how to score penalties and plenty more. I'm your host, Ben, and you're listening to the Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by Foothead and our patrons available on all podcasting platforms, including Spotify with me is a returning guest who has made, I think, three out of four podcasts for FIFA 20, so he's doing pretty well. It is Ajapes FIFA. Japes, how are we? I'm good. You can just start by calling me Mr. Consistency from now on. Just don't expect that to uh, make any appearances on my YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, talking of consistency, you've been a pretty good performance in the weekend league, I believe. I'm I'm doing okay. I've still got a shot here at Elite Two, which would be a great start. Um, I don't Mm. know if I'll be able to knock out and play all the games that I have left, but... Um, I'm sitting on 20 wins right now, I think. So already at gold one, which I would be perfectly happy with. So I think squeaking out elite three shouldn't be too much of a problem. And then we'll see if I'm feeling motivated enough to play the rest of the games. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah, my weekend league hasn't been too bad either. I mean, in terms of my performance, it's been quite good, but I've experienced pretty bad delay. I think it's something that a lot of people have been talking about and um, hopefully will be looked into because my gameplay experience this weekend was probably the worst I've ever had in any weekend league, apart from one when I had to play on 4G for about 10 games. And actually that one was almost better than this, so it was pretty bad. But talking of delay, Steve, your weekend league, potentially even more delayed, right? Yeah, at least you've had some uh, weekend league gameplay mm. experience, which is, is one up on me. I... um. I went to all the trouble of, of grinding out from Div 5, getting all the, the qualification points. Um, quite happily achieved that on Friday and uh, thought I'd kick things off on Saturday afternoon whilst, whilst listening to Sunderland lose just to add to the misery and, and found out that I'd registered too late. So, um, yeah, talking about delay, my delay is, uh, is going to be seven days worth of it. Yeah, although um, I think some of my controller inputs will probably come through next weekend, so uh, it hasn't been... But there was some silver lining for you, Steve, right? Because you got some of your own back after the uh, Foot Weekly Christmas quiz debacle against Japes? Ah, right, the, the foot, foot Weekly Christmas quiz where Japes cheated in order to... Uh, to, to steal victory from me, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm sure he'll come back. As he, he'll redress this somehow. <laughs> I, I managed to beat him in our NFL fantasy league um, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Something which I think that he's he's particularly salty about and trying to minimise, um, from what I can gather. <laughs> Wait, we're in a fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one that you had me sign up for and just let me auto draft? Steve, how are you taking any joy and pleasure from that? First, you first you miss out on weekend league, failing on your FIFA responsibilities, and then you try to throw in this NFL fantasy thing. What podcast do you think this is here? I'm talking about the league that you're the co-commissioner of, Japes. 
You made me co-commissioner? I made you get out of here. I have to go take a look at that. That's outrageous. I can't believe the accusations that are being thrown at me right now. Steve, Uh, the chickens chickens are coming to roost here. I'm so disappointed in you. And of course, the big question is how many chickens? And we will find out in the Christmas quiz um, in a few months' time. But uh, we're, we're rambling slightly. We do have some genuine FIFA... Um, talent. Actually, that's very harsh considering Jake's performance yeah, in the weekend the heck, so man? far. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, and also, you know, I mean, I didn't do too badly myself, despite what I said. I did get 22 wins. And I've been consistent. And zero and zero is pretty consistent. I'm sa- I was saying, uh, actually, this is the third anniversary podcast of the Foot Weekly podcast. And Steve, as a, as a long-term listener, I'm sure you had that in your calendar, ready to, to tick it off. Yeah, um, I actually baked myself a cake today to celebrate. Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, anyway, I thought, why not bring in some something totally fresh uh, as we were three years ago? We have Martin, a Dutch competitive FIFA player um, who went uh, 30-0 in, in last year's weekend league and is planning to make his uh, play for proper competitive uh, events this year. So, Martin, welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you doing, guys? Good, thanks. And uh, how has your weekend league gone so far? I believe this weekend isn't quite as important as next week. Is that is that right? Well, yeah. Let's uh, next weekend league is more important, but next weekend in general because next weekend is the qualifiers. If mm. you are verified, so yeah, the next weekend is more important. But this oh, weekend league yeah, because it's the qualifiers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Uh, this weekend league, I'm fourteen and one so far, and yeah, the loss isn't even wasn't even a questionable one to be fair. Mm. Yeah, for me anyway, it wasn't delayed, but the gameplay speed itself is definitely slower. So it's people on Twitter, like some pros that I've been that I speak to regularly, they said as well, like if someone goes one up because of the gameplay speed, it's not as easy to like pressure someone. So it seems to be the meta as well currently, which makes it so sweaty. It's just to sit deep, and once you go one up from a counter, just yeah, keep the ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's an interesting point actually because. I know what you mean. Whenever I've had delay, and that's been one of the big problems against a player who's pretty good, it's so much harder, obviously, to press the ball if you have some delay because you just can't anticipate where the opponent's going to play the ball. And if they don't have delay, which because of server-based gameplay is actually possible that they don't have delay, but you do, it makes it incredibly difficult to press anyone. And actually, we're going to jump into some gameplay stuff, and this leads me on to a listener question. Shane asks, once an opponent's defense is set, drop back and centered what are the tactics you use to get a quality shot off japes i'm imagining you've faced some pretty decent players who've uh, tried to frustrate you what are your go-to methods well for me my tactic is to slow down my build up even more and just let all of their players drop back like you're not gonna you're not gonna mm. really win that counter race at least not for my style the way i'm playing but then it's a lot of just going one side to the other and working it around between, um, at least for me, my two CMs or two CDMs or whatever uh, at the top of the box and looking for either my center forward or striker to kind of show. And then you're using the left bumper L1 kind of close control to set yourself up for either a finesse shot for a quick turn for a finesse shot or to surprise them and turn the opposite way and then a power shot at the near post. So that's what's been working for me when i've been playing those those kind of drop back players nice and uh steve what would you recommend for people trying to get around drop back the first thing that i'd recommend and the common mistake that i think people make um because it, it kind of makes sense on the surface of things people tend to when they're playing drop back they think they've got to 
They've got to start ramming all of their players into the box. They've got to get bodies into the box to uh, to compete with all the defenders that are there. It's actually not the best approach because what happens is with the defenders sitting so deep inside the area, all that you're effectively doing is ensuring that your strikers are marked. So mm. something that I'd certainly encourage people to do is dial back the number of players that they've got in the box. Pretty much an endorsement of what Japes has just said there. Just try and work it around, try and create space. And you're just looking really for that opening to uh, to get the shot off. Um, as Jape said, the finesse is is a particularly good good route there. Um, and the finesse is still actually quite overpowered this year, not to the extent that it was last year, uh, thank God. But um, yeah, against the, the drop back meta, um, don't commit so many into the box, work the ball around the edge of the area, look for that opening and uh, hope you can bury it. Yeah, I think the, mm. to add to that too, there's the one other thing that I think is worthwhile mentioning, and I think it's particularly strong this year, I, in many ways, like as it should be. But if you can get a left mid, right mid, left wing, right wing, kind of isolated on their left back or right back, there's opportunities to kind of play a quick one, two outside too, and send your player towards the end line. And then cutting it back is really, really consistent yeah. and a great way to do that too, mm. because that's really the only space that you're going to be able to find possibly in behind is is trying to beat their outside back so for me those are kind of the two ways that i'm i'm looking to uh attack people that are playing that drop back mentality the the sweaty cutback is definitely back in vogue this year you've made me think of another point actually which is also effective against the drop back there japes talking about isolating players if you can actually if you can get a ball through to one of your strikers who's actually isolated one-on-one with a defender if you can get the ball into him with his back to goal while you're protecting and then just scoop, turn around, it's another great way of uh, of getting something from the drop-back defence. And Martin, do you have anything to add to that? Probably just like switch to play and wait for uh, the gap. Because like, when I play with someone that's just constantly on drop-back from minute one, all I do is like hold the ball even more. So at some point, and even if they're not, like they get frustrated and pull players out. But if they're not, you will find a gap eventually. And if you start playing like silly through balls that just get intercepted, you will just end up with a like low pass accuracy and just eventually concede. Because if you if you also have to ball like more than your opponent, obviously like that's also a good way of defending. <laughs> As quote from my Cruyff, the best uh, defense is the attack. So if you just uh, hold the ball as well. Recycling and switching the player from fullback to fullback and trying to find that gap. But what what also works for me is um, I have, I have Messi in my team, so with the LB dribbling with him around, get around to like the back line. That's that's incredible. Like LB dribbling, get around the player, and if you find that gap for a finesse, edge of the D mm. always goes in with him. Yeah, pop shots from like the finesses, as uh, Steve said, finesses are still good, especially against someone uh, that's on the drop back tactic, because then you obviously have more space and uh, yeah the opponent will back off more on dropback so you can take a pop shot and one thing that i don't know whether any of you guys have actually found this useful is the bounce pass or the i guess lofted ground pass whatever they're calling it Mm. where you just sort of double tap a and it bounces the ball slightly and you can sometimes just get a little bit of lift that puts it past a defender and, and take the shot first time and and sometimes it'll go and it's, it's a bit more of our kind of high risk because his chances of losing the ball are, are maybe higher but I, I found it to be kind of useful in and around the box one thing that people forget and this seems to work is that you can use threaded through balls and bounce pass and japes you were talking about one twos in that area 
either side of the goal and getting someone in sort of round the back for the cutback. That works well. And I've found that using bounce passes to play the players into that area can help a lot if you have problems with players just coming in and cutting it out. Uh, I was also thinking, I guess, a few there are a few skill moves, obviously, that are helpful. You mentioned the scoop turn, but the uh, the heel to heel, I think, is really good for getting a bit of space. You can do like a heel to heel and take the shot early. But something that I've noticed, and I don't know whether this is something you've tried, Martin, is you can break skill move animations by taking a shot during the skill move animation, if that makes sense. So they... Well, you do like a heel to heel flick and instantly shoot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that catches people out a bit. You know the, what's it called? The lateral heel to heel flick. If you do that and a mid animation, do a finesse shot, if you have a good angle, that, that goes in quite often. Oh, because it like opens up the angle a bit, does it? Yeah, it opens up your body perfectly as well, yeah. Mm. And um, the I haven't really used it, but I think it's quite effective, but people just don't haven't used it yet. But the RB or R1, I should say on PlayStation, the R1 layoff, where you do like, mm. where you, yeah, it, it's most effective for long shots. I want to do it on one v obviously, because then you're just going to lose the ball, probably. Yeah, you need that space for it, but yeah, it's also good. Well, as the gameplay producer said to us in an interview, actually, when you do that and then you green time the shot, that produces the perfect shot, basically, or as close to the perfect shot as you can do. So I guess if someone really backs off, then doing that and then a green time finesse could put the ball in the top corner. I guess if you're using someone like Messi, then you've got a pretty good chance of it, right? Well, it's not really a overpowered mechanic or like it's also probably not or probably the reason why people not haven't been like talking about it but the, um, there's also a ball roll sprint boost which was in FIFA 17 as well yep. and that's quite quite effective this yeah. year mm. and if I also noticed if you do a ball roll and then uh, press R- R2 to, to sprint like you get an acceleration boost and if you take a finesse straight after on a good angle it gets power behind it but mm. I don't know if that's an actual thing but yeah the sprint boost is also oh so you're saying you do you do ball roll and then like push in the sprint button so they do a heavy touch basically and you just go around the defender it probably works uh what we've been talking about before uh earlier before this uh on drop back if you did it against drop back on like on the byline it probably works to get some space hmm. in behind and uh let's go back to what we we're talking about in terms of pressing where uh, we were talking about how hard it can be to press especially with delay i would say retaining the ball at the back and uh in the midfield is easier than perhaps it has been in past years have you, Japes, had to press anyone who's tried to keep the ball at the back and, and what, what kind of techniques have you used? Because they've nerfed second-man press, so that feels less effective than it once did. Yeah, um, I have had a couple of those situations where I've had to chase a couple games against a guy that's been doing that. And one of the tactics that I have set up um, for that is my... Uh, I think I have it set on attacking the mentality, but it's for my team to switch to a 4-3-3-4 in shape. Um, and that formation for me is like the absolute best formation to press against somebody that's sitting deep. Um, and that's more, I don't necessarily keep it on that formation uh, after I win the ball back, but in terms of just needing to win the ball back that's worked out well for me but certainly it can it can definitely be tricky playing against players that do that um especially you know if if they're playing kind of a possession style or if they have a mentality set up to where they really are trying to just keep possession at the back like it's it can be a problem um and tricky to take the ball away from them yeah i totally agree and martin what are you doing 
when you when you have to press an opponent. Yeah, what I usually do is um, like late game when I'm two or down or even one on when I need to get absolutely need a goal. It's like the deep pad tactic, which uh, has team press and overload ball sides. Once your opponent starts like playing around its own third, like on his own half, you he will have a tough time to keep the ball because then at some point he he won't have a passing option and will lose the ball in like a vital area. So have to be very careful with that though that your opponent just doesn't manage to switch it to the other wing because if he does, you're in trouble. You're gonna find that you've got no defenders over there. Yeah, but that, that's where the the manual like right six switching comes in play. Well. Uh, the second man container is obviously nerfed since the new patch, yeah. but and, and FIFA 19 it was uh, much better anyway. But what I always used to do is like uh, switch right stick to like the other fullback, hold R1 in the meantime, and then the the ball holder will get pressed by the second man, like secondary contain, and while you cover like the passing lane option to switch to the fullback, for example. So, oh wait, so w- would you manually switch to the other fullback sort of thing? As in you overload ball side and you do press and then that forces them to want to switch the ball across the pitch. Meanwhile, because you're holding RB, it looks like you're pressing, but actually you're switching to your player on the other side of the pitch to come across and, and take the pass. Yeah, if you do it well, it, it, it works. But as Steve said, it's a very risky, risky tactic. Yeah, yeah. Although, of course, if you uh, don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle, eh? Right, let's take a short break. Hey guys, it's Chewboy and you're listening to the Foot Weekly Podcast. So it's been a big few months of transformation for the podcast. It's been pretty amazing. And I wanted to tell you a bit about making the podcast just briefly, which when I've said to people, they've often been surprised. It takes about two days to do the podcast from getting in the guests to recording, of course, editing. And it requires a lot of flexibility to get the guests that we do across time zones and also putting it out and promoting it and now managing the patron. A few months ago before starting the Patreon, I was wondering whether I'd even be able to carry on the podcast. And now it's incredible. The Patreon's really taken off and I'm able to deliver podcasts every week. And the great thing about the growth of the Patreon is the more people that sign up, the more time I can put into the podcast, the more I can turn down other work and spend that time on the Foot Weekly pod. So if you'd like every single bonus podcast that Foot Weekly puts out in a feed which drops into your podcast provider, just like how you get your regular podcasts, for just $3 a month and you'd like to support the growth of the pod, then please do sign up by going to bit.ly slash morepod. So that's bit.ly slash morepod. And right now you can hear Foot Weekly Extra Time, which is content from this recording, which didn't fit into the main podcast. It's Japes going in on this broken passing debate. It's particularly good. Let's jump back into that second half. Welcome back to part two. It's been the first weekend league of FIFA 20 and we're going to get into talking about tips to prepare ourselves for that second weekend if we're playing or grinding those rivals points as well. So Martin, it's your first ever foot weekly break. How did you find that? I made a cup of tea in the meantime. It was great. Don't divulge any more information than that. Don't tell them Um, what kind of tea it was, Martin. Yeah. Because people people will put two and two together with you being from the Netherlands in the first place, you see. So just be careful. (laughs) And uh, yeah, right, let's get into it then. I know, actually, Martin, you had something that you wanted to discuss particularly. Um, I guess it's more of a mentality thing, right? Yeah, a lot of people just give away uh, a kind opportunity too easily in the 45th or 90th minute mm. once you see the clock running down to the 44 45th not even a lot of pros i think like almost every single pro really is playing for that 45th once they see that like once they have the bar and they see it's almost 
like the last few minutes of the first or second half. If you keep it and play for that last attack, you have no chance of conceding a counter, but also have a chance of scoring a late winner or just before half time. So yeah. What you do is say you're around the forty fourth minute, let's say, something like that. You actually keep the ball nice and easily and then as the time ticks away, you move into the opponent you're making sure you're in the opponent's half and then you're not gonna get the whistle blown on you, right? Because you've got the ball in a what the game sees as like a dangerous area, right? So they won't yeah. blow the whistle and you make your attack once you know that the the referee's going to blow if the opponent gets the ball. Is that right? You just need to be more aware, I would say, for your passes. Because like, obviously sometimes you just think you can play a throw ball, but it's too risky. But you might play it anyway because you might think it will work. Mm. But you just have to play it a bit more with awareness in the last few minutes and then... Obviously, go forward because, as, uh, as you said, like if you are in the middle of the the, the pitch and at a time it's almost over, then the ref is just gonna blow the whistle. Mm. And is there anything specifically you've noticed gameplay wise for FIFA Twenty that has changed between nineteen and twenty that you've found you can kind of take advantage of in some way, or you found a good tip or tactic? In terms of finishing, because I've seen people complain about it on the early exits, especially some of gonna use to it more but i see still see like the 30 shots and like losing penalties kind of thing going mm. around and if you're on an angle at the near post where you kind of you're not in the middle to take a finesse always hit it near post with like three bars of power if you have like a good uh shot taker like someone not even necessarily expensive but if you have like a chemistry style on like a rashford or something that mm. like a near po- near post finish is like really strong yeah, yeah. I think that's shaped something that you've got quite into. Yeah, I mean, I I guess the way I look at it, to echo kind of like Martin, there's, uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier. If you're kind of at the top of the box, like the finesse is, is definitely one of the ways to go. Otherwise, smashing it at the near post is a great option. Here, Martin, I got a, I got a question for you. How often are you using time finishing? Um, Be honest, Martin. Be let, honest. <laughs> let me think. I... Like, literally, if I'm in a draft game and I'm taking a pop shot, like a finesse shot from far out, I might time it for the bends, but I never, <laughs> I, I never use it. <laughs> never. I think that's true no, with most pros this year. I think it is. And, and yeah. Japes, do you see that as somewhat concerning? Because it does seem like, what's the point of the mechanic, right? <laughs> if nobody's using it. Yeah, I, I haven't made up my mind yet. Mm. I mean, it could be also that it's a hard enough mechanic that it's going to take more than a week or two to... For people to work out, even top players. It's not the risk versus reward thing, kind of thing, you know. This year, it's the thing is, like, time finishing, in my opinion, isn't like a great thing in the game, but how it is now, I'm fine with it because there's no point in it and they might as well remove it. But at the same time, like, if you would do it in a tough angle and you might get a green off and it will go in because of the reason, then sure. But it's so, so hard to green a shot, even as a pro that grinds the game out. They made the the bar even smaller. So it's you need to be like literally inch perfect, like last millisecond. Like last year, uh, some pros at the start of the year turn it off right from the get-go because they were not used to it. Like the top pros as well. Uh, hashtag test at the time. Um, uh, Dragon didn't have it on. But this year, there's generally no reason for it because the the reward you get for greening a shot, it's almost the same as a normal shot, really. And when you, the thing is as well, though, which... It's kind of concerning, which was in the game last year as well, which blew my mind every time it happened against me. 
red timing a shot or even yellowing it, uh, yellowing it in certain like scenarios, it doesn't even pe penalize your shot at all and whatsoever. Like you can score red time headers all the time, even this year. Because I've played a lot of draws where people would just spam the B shots when they cross it in, which will obviously result in a red time header and it would still fly in quite quite often. So, mm. but yeah, I don't think uh, it's a uh, a bad mechanic thing. That yeah. No, yeah, I just don't think that mechanic will be used at time finish. Yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting. One of the things that I want to try more is trying to hit green time shots from outside the area, maybe against in games that I'm winning, just so that I can kind of add it potentially to my I've seen a few repertoire. pros say that. Um, greening finesses from outside the box, like edge of the D. Pros say that's worth like getting it in your like, uh, okay. uh, rep repertoire to be able to finesse uh, yeah, a little bit the same, but kind of different for a second. I just want to highlight, like, obviously they've changed it a lot from, say, where it was at the start of last year. But one thing that I've, I think they've done a great job with this year is the changes to goalkeeper movement. Because okay, yeah. you can still use it and it's effective in some situations. But, like, if it's a clear goal scoring opportunity or, like, then even you have to, like, really, really, like, aggressively move the keeper and you're, the striker has to, like, not be paying attention to where they're shooting at all. To, and you, you basically have to shoot it like right at them. But I think I just think goalkeeper movements are a really, really good spot right now. I think it's a, a positive on both those fronts of time finishing and the goalkeeper movement. So it's pretty good. Anyway, back into things that people can do to improve their game. Steve, I mean, obviously you didn't play weekend league this weekend for obvious reasons, but what have you found particularly helpful? I don't know, it could be, even be a tactic over the uh, past few days. I've been playing around a lot with the 4-1-2-1-2 narrow. Over the weekend, I spent a lot of time. It's always been a bit of a pet project of mine, really, that I've never really got around to replicating in foot. I didn't feel like I could do it last year, but I do this, and that's um, it's the Milan diamond, the four-one-two-one-two that they used when they won the Champions League under Carlo Ancelotti. And with the player database, actually, interestingly enough, you could actually have eight of those players in your team this year in in foot. Maybe a nice little project for somebody uh, with with the right coins to, to see how it would work. Don't really want to go into detail on that at the minute because I'm still sort of messing around with it and fine-tuning it. But mm. a few people who've tried it have found it quite effective. Something that I'd like to throw out there is maybe something which would appeal to people who are a little bit newer to the game, um, people who are maybe struggling to create chances. And that it's a great entry move this year. Um, by entry move, I mean basically getting yourself into a shooting position, getting yourself past the defender in the box and, and creating that opening. I think somebody may have mentioned it earlier, actually, but it's the uh, the heel-to-heel. -heel. It, it'll just give you that that little bit of pace to get you past the defender. The trick is to make sure that you're not doing it straight at the defender if you're sort of aiming 45 degrees to one side of the defender. And then just hit the heel-to-heel. -heel. That'll create you a lot of space. And uh, and, and to repeat what I said I get about... Um, Breaking down drop backs as well. The um, the shielding mechanic is is really strong again this year. So if you can get a ball into your player's feet with his back to goal in the penalty area, um, and if it's a four star skillet, you can just scoop turn. Then uh, again, it's another great way of, of of getting that space for the shot and uh, and creating good opportunities. And Japes, we haven't actually heard from you. I don't think in terms of sort of skill moves and beating a player, what you might have found most effective so far. Um, I, I've been incorporating the heel to heel in, which I've quite liked. Mm. Uh, I use a lot of left bumper or L1 R1. It's sort of like a little strafe mm. deal. I don't, I don't know exactly how I describe it. Um, but a lot of L1 and then, um, I don't know. I, I, I tend to use more passing 
than not. Uh, although I will say, mm. like, I've been kind of crushed by just some basic stepovers a couple times, in which I, yeah. I feel mm. like I need to add to I my agree, game. Yeah. I just sort of feel yeah. like you end up guessing when you're doing that. But I, you know, they do the stepover animation, and maybe it's the way I'm defending, but my my defender sort of like sticks out their arm like they're trying to catch them because they've just been smoked. So it's something that I, I feel like I need to try to incorporate in a little bit more. I, I don't know. The, the players that are truly fantastic. Oh, actually, here's one more. If you hold L2 or left trigger and you do the fake shot animation, they do this sort of oh, thing yeah, where the, yeah. they like <laughs> stop the ball, but like rotate it between their left foot and right foot and back again. And it like just mm. it just seems to mess with people's minds. So, well, I don't, I don't know, because they think it's like changing and start shifting around, and it's sort of a great way that if you're, especially going down the wing, doing that to stop, they a lot of times show their like cards or whatever defensively, and you can like tell the way that they're going to normally try to defend you. So it opens up a chance there. I think defensively, it's just hard to read because it's a new animation as well. I don't know if that's something that uh, Martin you found, especially at the sort of higher level. Actually, ball rolls is something I was going to mention to you. Definitely the top players that I've played so far have all incorporated ball rolls in, in, in some capacity, but also that stop up as well. I haven't seen many pros talk about it, but the double ball roll is really effective to get like uh, a space or an angle, like especially down the line. I've done like uh, when you do a throw ball and you have to back into the full, into the fullback or defender and you just do a double ball roll round and then you have enough space for like a cutback or uh another pass option for example and in general i think that's every like every strong player every every fifa uses the ball roll just occasionally just to get the small angle for a pass or just uh to keep the like the the defender on the toes while you do a ball roll or a step over or whatnot just every now and then so yeah and actually i should just say because Whenever we do this, we always get people saying, how do I do this skill that you mentioned? I think we've so far given all the skills their correct name. And Japes did explain how to do the one which we haven't named, which is this kind of stop up where you hold LT and dummy the ball. And I'm right in thinking, Japes, you need to not be pressing any direction, I think. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, like you want to almost remove your thumb from the left stick. Yeah, you can find all of these tutorials on YouTube, which is definitely the best way to learn them. You know, find someone like Kazooie or something like that, and he'll he'll guide you through it and um, oh. you know show the controller and everything. I, so, I haven't yeah. I haven't watched any of Kazooie's videos, so I can't comment on them. But he's usually fantastic for learning skill moves. He's a, he's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful like I'd call him a pure skiller too. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I I was trying to watch some tutorials on how to do penalties because I just keep screwing them up. Um, <laughs> but the quality of FIFA tutorials is like actually horrible. Like and, and I, 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 I have very true. I have unfortunately, not seen, <laughs> like a tutorial video mechanic. I don't know. I don't know for like many things on FIFA that I was like, that was a great video. So I don't know. I don't know what's mm. going on with FIFA YouTube lately, but I was truly surprised at the quality of the content that's getting put out there. You need to come back, Japes. No, I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying my content was better like i didn't really make tutorial videos right but uh, no i am your content was better it was great yeah i've gotten plenty of path to power questions this year and it's like uh, <laughs> just i don't know it's not in the cards um but i i i, I think there's room and i haven't i'm sure i'll mm -hmm. watch some player reviews at some point too but when i watched last year the quality of player reviews is also atrocious people will play mm -hmm. five games with a player score the using the most broken <laughs> mechanics 
and say, oh, yeah, he's great. That was a waste of five minutes of my time. Like, no, I want somebody that's going to I want to see someone out there that uses like is willing to put a player they're reviewing into their squad for an entire weekend league. And you come back and tell me at the end, is he staying in your squad for the next weekend? Right. Like mm. give me give it like put some time into actually using these players, getting them in multiple situations. Don't roll into like an online friendly against your friends. You can screw around and score like a bunch of goals. Like I I just, you know, the, the player reviews and certainly player reviews are things people like seeing, especially when they're like high profile players. And it's fun to watch good people use players that you might not have the coins for and like i get that or you're saving for and you want to know if it's that guy's going to be worth it so like the guys that are doing the reviews like please use them for more than like a loan spell personally for me but that's just my opinion i don't like play reviews because mostly you see only the goods and you don't see a full gameplay summary of a player because if i will use feel like if i will play a few 90 minutes with like um, antonio marshall i would like notice he isn't like the the best at turning or the best finisher and whatnot but if you only let shows where he like screams uh scores like finesses from out of the box or screamers near post and I, it's not really something i can base off if i should buy him or yeah not. i think yeah. i think the other mm. thing on top of that too with like talking about the negative which i think is super important i think it's also challenging with doing player reviews if it's a position like like martial is a great example a guy that is consistent someone that's consistently playing a 4-3-3 and using him as a left wing is going to feel very very differently than somebody that's switching to a 4-1-2-1-2 in game and using him as a right striker or someone that decides to play a four four two and use him as a left like left mid, it's gonna be it's just gonna be different. And so, you know, I think it's worth at least trying to articulate to the audience why you're playing him in the position that you're playing him in, because of X Y Z attributes. And if you're you don't feel like you're getting the best out of him in a certain formation or position, talk about you know putting him in a different spot i don't know i this is this is like a dark deep dark rabbit hole i i shouldn't have tried watching you've come in with real fire in your belly yeah i just you know i'm not gonna lie i for one like it it (laughs) It happens occasionally um but i I just i I tried to watch some like fifa content lately and i just i couldn't do it one interesting thing about player reviews i'm not sure how many people can do this but i really feel like if i look at a player's stats in depth i look at their weak foot i look at their size their body type and those things i can actually give myself a better idea of how good a player is than watching someone's review uh partly partly i agree but uh players like baby blanc awful stats incredible on the pitch like icons uh first of all feeling better than regular gold cards even with the same stats and also the fact like Blanc, in my opinion, doesn't have better stats like than certain other players that like I would probably say I don't know about this year because Conte is great, but last year I didn't like Conte, but he I think Conte maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but Conte 
had better sets last year, I believe. But Blanc was so so much better for me when I bought him. But then, so much but like Blanc's like six foot three, right? And Kante's like five six, maybe. You know the size difference. Sorry, I know you're you work in metric, don't you? Because you're in Europe. But uh, he's yeah, yeah. you know he's he's so tall, Blanc, and he's got a sort of larger and presence. And Kante's really short. And I think I know they're probably serving different purposes in some way, but. I personally think that a lot of people like to think that icons play better than their stats, but a lot of the time, if you look at their composure and reactions, they're like, what, a million miles better than um, most regular cards in the game. So I think I think there are reasons behind it. Anyway, we have gone on a massive tangent here. I want to bring it back to something. Japes, you were mentioning how difficult penalties were and also about this, how terrible online tutorials are. Kazooie puts out excellent tutorials, as we discussed, and actually he's done one on quite a few of the kind of non-school move related things in the game. Another one that I'd recommend is The Guide. Um, it's like they're German, I think. Um, but Valerio has been been doing some videos for them as well. I think I mentioned them recently. Also do very good tutorials. Um, so there are some out there, but I think it's that thing of the immediacy of FIFA content and the, the kind of clickbait nature of YouTube content probably in general means that some of the very best tutorials and things like that maybe aren't sort of rising to the top or at least not uh, at the moment. Yeah, so. I mean, the algorithm is like, you put out the tutorial first, you generally will get more views on it. Right? Exactly, like, yeah, it's... exactly. I think that's part of the problem. A so lot of them actually contain like bad that. advice as well, actually harmful advice. Yeah. Yeah, names, yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's out there. I don't know, per- perhaps, the, uh, perhaps our friends at Foothead will start a, or will create a video tutorial page that have uh tutorials on there that are given thumbs up from the foot weekly podcast yeah maybe the uh foot weekly verified tutorial should be a thing yeah there we go uh, um but yeah sorry i wanted to actually us to give our own very much qualified advice of course to the listeners about penalties because japes you said you were struggling and uh broadfield asked what's the most effective way to take penalties i know there are some guides to uh, out and talking about aiming in the bottom corner but if you focus on one corner your opponent will read you so it doesn't really seem to work for me and if you switch too much from left to right during the run-up you lose too much accuracy uh i guess we come to our resident pro player martin what would you what are you doing in terms of penalties this is gonna sound ridiculous, but I've been trying, and like I always try out like all sorts of things at the start of the game just to see what's good. Chipping your penalty. Try if you can get a top bins, which is difficult. But I, I, if you hold your thumb really still, you can do it. But chipping them top bins, it, it, most of the time it will go in unless your opponent already stands in that corner and can just save it that way. But I've tried to put penalties top bins without chipping it just powering it and every time it got saved even top bin so okay that's really surprising yeah it, it, it's as i said it was it was going to sound ridiculous but the other way which is less ridiculous and generally does work for everyone and it's probably more safe safest op- uh, the safest option is if you aim to the bottom like all the way down against the ground literally put yourself uh, in the middle no, no, not down in the middle, but like... Yeah, downwards. you're removing half of the variable error. Yeah, and then just aim it to the left or to the right, put power behind it, and then switch. And then the head movement won't be an issue that much because then you can still switch direction. Because the error is less because you don't have to, uh, like... If you're, I don't know, nervous and <laughs> moving your stick all the, to all sorts of directions, it won't be an issue because you're aiming downwards and you can just go to the other direction in the mm. meantime, so... The best way to take a penalty at the moment, kind of similar to what Martin said, 
aim low to the right or to the left, then move across over to the, the exact opposite side and then come back to the center. Because what will happen is it will increase your, um, your margin of error by moving around so much. But by coming back to the center, your margin of error doesn't really come into play because your shot's going to be on target. And that completely negates the head movement. Your opponent will not be able to read where you're going with the head movement. You obviously can't if you're in a penalty mm -hmm. shootout or something. You can't use it in all five penalties. But you can get away with it a good two, three times. And if it's just a one-off penalty, um, yeah, give it a go. It works. One thing I wanted to quickly leave it on, which is a question um, from Pewmeister. He asks about ball physics. He was saying a lot of the trailers and things mentioned changes to ball physics. And he's saying, Did, have you guys actually noticed any difference in the way the ball moves? He hasn't. Um, so I just thought I'd go around and just see what people thought in terms of that. Have you, Japes, noticed much of a difference in the way the ball moves? Um, sometimes. I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I guess I was, I was playing earlier and I used... A r1 x pass to drive the ball to a player that was like pretty far away it was de young like out wide to the wing and the ball like he like drilled it and sort of did this like skipping thing where it like popped up a little bit but still sort of skipped over there and i was like i don't i've never seen that before but that's cool mm, okay so that's about well, it that, that sounds like a yes <laughs> um i've certainly seen some things which make me think that things are a little bit different in terms of ball movement especially around volleys and headers ball looks quite different in the air i think steve what about you the thing that stuck out to me is um spin is a lot more realistic mm -hmm. occasionally the ball yeah. hit the ground um with a bit of spin and um yeah it behaves much more like you'd expect a real life ball to behave so yeah cool and uh martin final word from you yeah the chips are also a lot better because uh there's more spin on it and in fifa 19 you couldn't really chip uh like certain goals but now even when the goalkeeper is standing on the goal line on a certain angle you can chip like really nice can score really nice chips this year so yeah say it japes come on yeah. say it please yeah welcome to the chip oh, yeah. life <laughs> I, I i agree i i uh, i also have scored a uh handful of chips and have very very much enjoyed it it's very satisfying chipping keepers with messi we actually had a question from babuni japes who said how is Messi this year? Is he better than last year? So in a, in a word, because we've got loads. Hell yep. yeah. Way better than last year. I, uh, Great. Yeah, hours, uh... Messi, finally, like finally, I pick Messi in draft over Ronaldo every single time. Like mm. I, this year, Messi feels like Messi. He feels like an absolute monster and makes his presence known in like every single game. I, I You will see him in more pro lineups this year than he's ever been in in any fifa period Oof. you heard it here first people and uh, i think on that we're ready to wrap up the podcast a nice straightforward end to the podcast which has uh, been less than straightforward i'd say a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of conflicting views which is always fun if you have your own views to conflict with anyone on the podcast then uh, yeah send, tweet us tweet us at air japes and you can That's send right. to at the foot coach That's me. and you can send them to Martin KR and then number 14. <laughs> Martin KR 14. Nice. Martin and does not have enough followers, so I'm about to address that by going and following him myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know how many I have, like a thousand. <laughs> I mean, you still got so, quite a few compared to most people. I mean, not enough. Steve, I, mean, I, know you, I know you've got a few thousand, but I mean. Gosh. Japes is the king of the followers here. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. But Foot Weekly Ben also do with some followers i'm actually quite close to 2000 so at foot, foot weekly ben hoping to beat uh, martin to 2000 i've got a bit of a head start 
And of course, the podcast itself at Foot Weekly Pod. You can also email if you're old school like that, footweekly at mail.com. And uh, of course, thank you very much, Japes. Oh, yeah. It was a pleasure. Happy to be on as always. You're absolutely welcome, Ben. Enjoyed it. Thank you. And thanks to Martin. No problem. As our guests ride off into the sunset, I've got something a bit special for you. It is the third birthday of the Foot Weekly podcast. And so to introduce what I'm about to bring to you, why don't I put in a clip of the podcast three years ago and a voice that true OGs of the podcast will recognize. It's time to move on to Informed Impressions, our review of an Informed card we've really enjoyed using this week. And yeah, it's uh, come a long way. The sound quality, not the best there, but a big thanks to Horace for being my partner in crime for so long on the Foot Weekly podcast. I'm sure he'll be back at some point this year. He's still on the Twitter account. He's actually got food poisoning, which is why he couldn't make this podcast. But if you want to tweet at Foot Weekly Pod and uh, wish him well, I'm sure he'd appreciate that. And yeah, let me get into my informed impression then. It's a bit of a left field option. He plays on the left wing. Algerian and league 1 winger Atal, who's originally a right back actually, which is exactly why he's my informed impression this week. He is five star weak foot, four star skills, which is phenomenal for a right back. And although he's only 81 rated, the great thing about him is he's got a really good selection of stats, which makes him extremely versatile. And there aren't actually that many good left wing options in the league. And what he's basically allowing me to do is play a central player, someone like Ben Yedda or you know any other player you want to hybrid him from another league in uh, the wide position and have him either at right back or at the left of maybe a midfield where you're playing at three at the back or something like that because he's the perfect sort of wing back I guess but he's also got very solid defensive stats as well uh, I've put anchor on him was mainly playing him in the right back position which was allowing Tellez which was allowing interestingly Carvajal to play central defensive midfield, who was really, really good there, actually. He's not a big player, but he's uh, he's got good presence and his passing is actually phenomenal with a basic chemistry star. So Atar was mainly playing at right back, but did a really good job as a, a left midfielder in a 3-5-2. And um, he could also play in central midfield. Um, with Anchor, he's got 97 acceleration, 93 sprint speed, average of about mid-80s on the def- key defensive stats, um, 92 aggression, 77 strength, 84 stamina and jumping, really solid mid to low 80s in the dribbling, 80 short passing, 82 crossing. And the really, really good thing about him, I think, is those high, high work rates. He's 5'9", but as I said, his jumping is decent and crossing isn't so much of a factor. You don't need to have that player on the far post to nod the ball away this year. So I would really recommend him and the stats don't lie. You know, he's got more total in-game stats than Kante and uh, quite a lot of other top players. So I'd give him a go if you can work a clever sort of position swapping game. I'm capable of playing so many positions. He's a, he's a real asset. And then I think what I'm going to quickly round up with then is a dynamite discard, another great foot weekly tradition. And this player is someone who actually a lot of listeners recommended before I got to try him. Another well-rounded league um, player, but this time a midfielder, Leon's Thiago Mendes. He's got four-star skills, three-star weak foot, and he's interestingly 80 kilos, which is actually relatively heavy for a uh, player of his height, which means he does seem to be able to come out of 50-50 challenges with the ball. Um, at least I think that's what helps because um, he's not particularly strong, um, but he has got good aggression at 80 and he's got 87 stamina. He's also got a base interceptions of 82, and it's basically allowed me to 
put engine on him, which is a really good chem style this year, I think, because of how important I think dribbling is this year. He's also got 77 standing tackle and 79 defensive awareness, which are both two of the other key stats in defending. And then that puts his dribbling, I mean, with engine 87 on the card, he's got 88 short passing and 91 long passing. And on top of that, you know, he's a quick player, 78 acceleration, 87 sprint speed, and he can take a long shot with 81 shot power and 79 long shots. For a guy you probably can just about snipe for discard, it's a really, really good player and someone that I wouldn't be concerned about using in a in a very, very decent team if you're trying to get in someone like Depay or even Mbappe. I really think his only weak point is maybe his high attacking work rate, medium defensive, although he seems to work both ways quite well and the 68 jumping and 66 strength, which just make him not quite so good um, in an aerial battle. But I really wouldn't overlook him if you're building a league on the side. There are better options for Brazil, but he's a really, really good player. Right, I think that wraps up reviews. And as always, if you have any recommendations for players that you want us to review on the podcast, Dynamite Discards, Informed Impressions, anything of that sort, then just let us know. And so then a reminder that for just $3, the price of buy me a coffee a month, you can support the podcast and get the Extra Time podcast out right now, which includes Japes going off on one about passing. It's not something you want to miss. It's an extremely good discussion and it is available like all of those bonus podcasts that come out every month. And you can find out more about that at bit.ly slash morepod. So that's bit.ly slash morepod. Also, do check out the Twitter at FootWeeklyPod because I'll be doing a three-year giveaway at some point this week. So finally then, a big, big thanks to Foothead, our patrons, and all those icon patrons. Chris W, Gabe N, Dominic, Rob P, Martin M, Matt L, Anthony R, DJ FIFA Player, Hunter B, Paul, Alistair, Stephen M, Dave B, Shane W, Lomda, also Ran, Alan M, Sam MG, Savage P, Matt H, Roger D, At Pace of a Tortoise, Andrew T, Jason B D, Pobius, Alan G, Neil M, Tenacious C, Christopher R, Jonathan P, Craig S, Legendary Fig, Liam, and Ryan G. Thank you very much to all you listeners who joined us this week, and to all you patrons and Foothead for making this podcast possible. Um, I seem to recall you had a bit of an incident with a certain right back. I did list a certain right back for 5k, it has to be said. Uh, that certain right back might be Hector Bellerin, who's worth about 22. I've got to be honest, I'm still not quite over it, so if we could just move on then. We know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network.